Good morning, church. Hope you guys are doing well, and uh, it's a great opportunity for me to um, be here at this church, and I know that God is doing something wonderful, you know, amen. God is always up to something wonderful, beautiful, incredible, enormous, big time, and that's the God that we serve. And today, uh, I want to, I wanna, you know, take this opportunity to thank God. Uh, Prairie Creek uh, Baptist Church, uh, all the members, Pastor Randall, he's a wonderful man, his beautiful wife, Ellie, and you know, we, since the day that we got connected the first day, we just connected in the spirit, and you know, that's the, that's the, that's the wonderful thing about, you know, being in the spirit, you know, because that's where you will get to understand and then you will understand how God works and the revelation that God has, you know, for His people and His ministry and in the body of Christ. And as I was thinking about what am I going to, you know, speaking, and I just want to take, you know, this opportunity humbly and, you know, want to say and want to share some thoughts with you to understand why uh, the title that I have chosen, and it's clearly you can see on the screen, the reformation that brings reconciliation. This is something, a part that we kind of sometimes, you know, we tend to forget or even have forgotten, you know, when, when it comes to the reformation. Reformation is something that has been taking place in October 31st, 1517, and if you go back to the history where Martin Luther has taken and has brought this reformation in the church, and why was that reformation? I'm going to be talking about that a little bit because that is actually is connected to the word reconciliation where that was the whole point of a church and of his um, God to bring back people to him. And that is something that we need to reconsider in our mind, in our thoughts. Today's generation in 21st century where we are so much focused on, on a different sets in the church, in the ministry, and that's really good. But again, we are kind of deprioritizing the preaching of the word. Because that is itself bring the salvation. And we are kind of tend to leaning more into how better and how great it's going to look like. It's sad. And that is something that we need to reconsider. That's what I said. We got to reconsider that what the reformers back in the days they have done in the church. Now today we need to again reform the body of Christ. Because it is our responsibility as a church, it is our responsibility as a body of Christ to go to nation for saying something about salvation. And I want to I want to say something about I want to give you a little uh, you know uh, you know informations on reformers uh, back in the days from the Martin Luthers and so on and so forth. The reformers were so many things. Back in the days, there were master commentators. There were pro, uh, prolific authors. There were elder statesmen. There were churchmen. There were precise exegetes. 
They were profound letter writers. There were so many things as they shaped the time which they lived. But the number one ministry was to preach the word of God. It was by the pulpit and by the word that they have ignited the Reformation. If you see in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, the prophet preached the word for reconciliation. And how people, if you go, to be, go back to the Old Testament, how people rebelled against God. How people turned against God as if God is not something. As if they are something. They are their own creator. They are their own creator of the society. They are the own creator of their position. They are the own creator of their better men. As if that they can only do that. And so they own it and they establish themselves. Why? To just to prove themselves. To be number one. And today, we got to understand that over the period of time, God was sending prophets and teachers and preachers into, into the world, into the face of the world, to just to bring reconciliation. Hey, come on. Now, it's not about you. God is saying, it's not about you. It's about me. But how, how am I going to do that? I've been trying to and trying to convey my message after message and trying to speak to the people but it's not happening. Now part of the problem is that there was probably some, 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 something, probably somewhere is something wrong. You know? Maybe it, it could be probably God's side it's something wrong. That cannot never be. Of course there's something wrong in the people. Of course. And we, do, we, do, we, we got to understand that how can we fix that? We just cannot fix it. We just need the grace of God. One of the biggest reformers of all, of all times history was Martin Luther. He was a professor at Wittenberg College. He was known as the Reverend Father Martin Luther, Masters of Arts and Sacred Theology and Lecturer in Ordinary. But more than anything else, he was a Roman Catholic priest. And as a priest, he was in a tune to the practices of the faith and he did not like what he saw. Why am I talking about that? Because what he saw, he did not like about it. He saw, for the most part, indulgences, indulgences were being paid and he asked, can someone's sins be bought? Indulgences was been given to the people in order to, it's kind of like a ticket that you, you're going to get the ticket to he, toward heaven, you know. The Pope and, you know, the priests were giving the, those certificates to people. Hey, come on, get this, get this certificate. You got to come to me. You got to pay that amount. I'm going to give you that certificate and then, you know, in order to go to heaven. And that was something wrong in the face of the earth was going on, which was not the purpose of God, actually. And now why I was talking about that actually. Why the word reformation or why the word reformation we need in today's generation. The definition of ref reform, I want to talk about that a little bit. To put or, to put 
or change into an improved form or condition. Or maybe to put on an end to an evil by enforcing or introducing a better method or course of action. Now, there is a need of a change and a transformation that needs to be taken place. And today's church, in the today's generation, in the body of Christ, we need that transformation in order to bring the revelation from God. There is a certain sense that God's been, God's been trying to convey message after message after message after message. And somewhere or the other, churches are not being revived. Revival is not happening. Recently, I've been praying and, you know, I, th- I think it's probably been about uh, more than five months, I guess. Um, I was praying and I was so, so frustrated in my, in my heart, in my mind, in my body. And it was kind of like I was, I was getting sick in my spirit. Because the more I think about the word revival and the more I, I tend to God, how is that going to happen? It's kind of like, you know, everybody putting their efforts in it to bring revival, but it's not happening. I've been a part of revival conferences and meetings like big time. And we have this, I was telling Pastor Worley about like we used to have this uh, tendency or, you know, it's a concept that, oh, revival meeting is going to be a one day even in a year. We're going to be all going to the revival conference, you know. Hey, revival conference is happening, you know, we're going to be revived. Of course, that happened and many thousand millions of people have turned to Christ through revival meeting. But that was the era, that was the time, that was that God has done a wonderful thing. Now, what is going to take to bring revival where we are putting so much into efforts and it's somewhere or the other, the churches, the body of Christ is kind of like being stagnant. Now, let me give you that. When I was praying about it and God told me and God gave me this revelation and he said, it was back in the time once a year, but now it's going to be every single moment. And how is it going to come in? The next revival is going to be coming through discipleship. We better got to understand the meaning of discipleship. We have, to be, we have to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Making disciples. That's what Jesus said. You're not going to be going and planting churches. Instead, you're going to be going to make disciples. And that's going to happen through reformation while like people like you and me, we, when we're going to be, we're going to be into that place that, hey, we are going to be that reformers. The reformers back in the days, they were pro, pro, prolific authors. They, were, they have made changes. They brought changes in the world, in the history of the church. Now today, there's another, another opportunity that God wants to raise his reformer in the, in the church in order to bring reconciliation with God, in order to bring revival in the body of Christ. The question is, why Reformation is still matters today? That's the biggest question ever. And let me put it in this way. There's three things that why Reformation is still needed today or matters today. The, the Reformation still matters today because Scripture alone still our supreme authority. 
for faith and practice. Scripture alone. It's going to be by Scripture. It's going to be by the Word of God. And that's it. It's plain and simple. No matter how hard that you try. No matter how, how much strategies that you're going to put in. Come on, let me tell you this. This is all about God and His Word. We need to prioritize the Word of God now. Scripture all alone. And it has to be the supreme priority for church. Because that's where the bring, that's where the changes are going to happen. That's where the transformation is going to take place. Because that's where, the, if we are not going to prioritize the word of God, the scripture, revelation is gonna, not going to be taking place. You will not hear from God. I'm not, I'm not saying that strategies and plannings and all those purposes that we have in the body of Christ is not necessary. It is necessary. But we are prioritizing that on the first place, which is not supposed to be, sadly saying. The Word of God has to be the first priority on the first place. The number two that I want to say, that Reformation still matters today because the biblical gospel alone is, a, is still the only hope for the salvation of sinners. The biblical gospel, it's the only hope for the salvation for sinners. I remember I have never been taught while I was growing as Hindu and I have never been taught that I am a sinner. Nobody has told me that I'm a, I'm a sinner. Nobody has told me that. The even idea being a sinner has never been taught in Hinduism. We want to reach out to God. We want to worship God in, 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 in the form of three, 300 millions God. We want to. And we are so desperate and we are so spiritual. If you look back to India, the country of India, very spiritual. Very, very, very spiritual. But the fact of the matter is that the, the God that they are trying to reach out, they are ignorant about. First, the fact of the matter is that, that they do not, they are ignorant about their sinful nature. And now who is going to bring the reformation people like India? Who is going to bring the reformation people like America? Who is going to bring the reformation in different nations that the flags that I see in the church represent the different nations? Who is going to do that? Who is going to reconcile these people with God? Who is going to reconcile these people with God? The number three that I'm going to share, I'm going to say that the Reformation still matters today because the church still needs to be reformed. Now, it is about the body of Christ. It is about us, first of all. It's going to happen today first with us. If you're not going to be reformed, if, we are, if, if that, those changes are not going to shift in your mind, understanding that there is a greatest and greatest and greatest and greater need of the grace in the body of Christ, in, in the body of Christ and about God. Isaiah... Chapter 1, verse 16. 
It says, wash yourself, make yourself clean, get your evil deeds out of the sight, stop doing evil, stop doing evil. Come on church, I want to tell you this, that today I think it's more evil is happening in the church than the, than the world. And we are, we are ignoring about it actually. Because that's where the selfish nature takes place. That's where we are more, in, more focused on, 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 on about ourselves, on our priorities, on our priorities. Hatredness in the church, in the body of Christ, within the body of Christ. I don't like him. He doesn't like me. I don't like that denomination. I am about this particular denomination and I'm not going to be mixing up with these people. And that's what it says. Bible says that wash yourself. Make yourself clean. And how can we do that? By the blood of Jesus Christ. By the grace of Jesus Christ. Verse 17 says, learn to do good. That's the, that's the wonderful thing as a body of Christ we can do to project and to set an example to the world. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the ruthless. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the right widow. Right of, plead, for, plead for which is right of the widow, which is in the court. Plead for the right for the people. Plead for them. Stand besides them. All these good things that we get to do, we are, uh, we are doing it. But today we are in a, in a, in a circumstances, in a situation where, where we are just so self-focused on doing good to ourselves, doing good to our families, doing good to our own self. That's it. That's where the doing good thing is stopped, actually. Now, it is our responsibility that as a body of Christ that we have to come together and let's do good for each other. Setting that example. If anybody is hurting, is any, if anybody is hurting, let, 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 let us not judge them with, their, with our so complex mind. Oh, because of that, he is ha he's having judgments or because of that he is facing that problems we don't we're not gonna do that instead let's go to them with sympathy let's go to them with love stand with them ask what's happening what's going on is there anything that we can do hey you got you are not alone being vulnerable and saying you're not alone we are all are vulnerable in common, we need God. That's where the Reformation actually, that brings reconciliation. These verses literally talks about morality and meaning. And that's what we need to bring in the form of Reformation in today's generation. There is the morality and the meaning in the verses that, first of all, morality, wash yourself. Meaning, learn to do good. Plain and simple. Somebody says like this about morality that I believe in love, hope, honor, loyalty, honesty, trust, 
respect, etc. And somebody said like this as well about meanings. I believe humanity's purpose is to look out for each other and to love each other and ensure the species survival. In the evolutionary sense, at least, we find our own reason to live and to make our differences in the world. Humanity's purpose was in the first place to look out for each other. That was the plan of God. But then, sin took place and we have departed and we have gone out of our focus. There's one, uh, there's three things that I want to say, share with you guys. Reconciliation with, begins with God. First Corinthians, uh, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 5, 19. It was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing, de- committing them to us the message of reconciliation which is of the restoration of favor. So reconciliation starts with God, begins with God. We need to, somebody said like this, you know, do, make things right with God first. And that's where we are kind of like, we, we never, that dev, never uh, come across in our mind, in our busy world, in our busy life, that we have to make things right with God. I recently learned about one thing, praying, and oftentimes when we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we expect God to answer our prayers, all the desires that we have. But have you ever even imagined that we have to first make things with, right, make things right with God and with people first, before going to pray, before asking God something for our prayers? And the moment that I, re, I, I, I learned, I've been a Christian for a long time, like for more than 18 years now. I have never learned that. I, of course, learned that, yes, God is lovable God, and He's a loving God, and he, we can go to Him, we can ask Him. But even God says, in the Word it says, you know, you ask for the wrong motives, with the wrong motives and with the wrong intentions. So what about that? We need to make things right with God first. And with people. It took me a hard time. I, re, I still remember it took me a very hard time to forgive somebody. But the moment that I understood, I learned that I need to forgive that person in order to God open doors in my life. I immediately went back to God and I said, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But by not forgiving that person, holding and holding and grudges against him, hatredness against him, and God and I was praying for something, and God was not God was not actually answering my prayers. But the moment that I did it, God has opened that wide door for me. And today you see me here in America. That's that's the answer of God actually. 
That was impossible for me to come to America, actually, I'm, I'm, to be very honest. But it's a prayer, it's, the, it's, it's, something, it's a confession, if it's a reconciliation with God first, and when you do that, God opens that door for you, whatever the, whatever the prayers, whatever the uh, you know, desires that you have. Because the word says, I give the desires of, our, of your heart. God gives the desires of our hearts. Number two, reconciliation comes through forgiveness. If you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your trespasses or transgressions. And on, on that, I want to give you that story. Recently, probably like about five months ago, I had a chance to go to Kansas City. And I want, just, I, want to, I want to tell you that it's a really, really, really wonderful sto story that has been taking place in my life. I have never imagined that God is going to work like that. So we were going uh, with, uh, with a group uh, in our, in, you know, from our church and uh, outside the church as well, you know, in, in the friend circles as well. So we were like probably like five people in a group and we were attending the same conference in Kansas City. So what we decided that we're going to drive and you know that it's going to, from Texas to Kansas, it's about like 12 hours of a drive there. And for the first time, I knew that, uh, I knew that when I come to America, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like driving these many hours, which I'm not really like used to, because it gives me like a lot, I get sick actually, you know, driving like these many hours actually. But I just wanted to take this opportunity, and I was like, hey, let's go, and let's, let's ride. Like, how does it, how, how's how's going to feel like? Okay, so I just wanted to experience it. We drove 12 hours to get to Kansas City to that conference. And it was a huge conference was happening. And so while we were getting into that stadium, it was a giant stadium. More than probably uh, 50,000 people, they gathered together. So, and... Uh, so when we were getting into and entering into the stadium, we have been given uh, some Lord's Supper, uh, that juice and the bread, because the Holy Communion uh, Lord's Supper was, was about to take place. So we have been given that, and so we, we took it, and then we got in. And so we got in the, into the conference, and we were like enjoying great music, wonderful sessions were going on, great preaching, spirit-filled things were happening, and you know, life-changing events were happening. And I was like really, really, really enjoying that conference. It was so loud, and I was like, and it was like, you know, God is himself manifesting. And in the crowd, I was, I, I didn't know anybody except my group people. One of the lady uh, in our group, uh, everybody were kind of like, you know, they went away. Uh, they were like uh, looking for some, some of the things. And one of the lady was with me. And then she said, hey, Ravi, I'm going to be going. And then I'm going I'm to come back soon. So I'm just going and I'll be back. And I said, okay, no problem. And I, I was, you know, being, my, you know, I was like being myself, like with myself, and I was like enjoying the conference. And all of a sudden, there was a lady, and she was just right in front of me, actually. And, she's, and she was like, she, was, she looked at me, she, she gave me a little smile, and you know, I gave her a smile a little bit, you know. And that's American term, you know, like the American thing, when you smile at each other, you know. So I was like, okay. And, and she asked me, hey, so, hey, how are you doing? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm doing well. Hey, I'm from India. And I was, I was telling her, oh, okay, you're from India. And, she, and she, was, she, she extended her conversation in the conference. And she said, okay, so what do you do in India? I said, well, I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a missionary here in America. God sent me uh, to do his work and all kind of stuff. Oh, okay, tell me about more about India. And then I said, okay, I go on. Okay, and then she had some questions about um, Hinduism and she had some questions about the gospel and how, uh, how, how, how the gospel has been preached in India. And I was like giving her some insight about what's happening in India when it comes to gospel. And she was listening and so okay, okay, okay. And now in the meantime, um, the speaker at the conference, then he led everybody into Holy Communion service. And then while he was, he was leading in, in, in everybody into, 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 into the service, uh, Holy Communion service, he said, um, if you have anything to forgive anybody, just do it right now before you take that communion. And we do that. Pastor Randall, he does that in, in, in his service as well. We forgive each other. And so that, interestingly, I didn't hear that because it was pretty loud. But later, when I got back on and I was watching it, and then, you know, then I got to, oh, okay, so he said that. And it was, it was the reason why I chose to uh, go back, um, you know, on the, uh, uh, on the YouTube link and, you know, to watch it because there was a reason. So I didn't know that and I had that. So this lady was, you know, uh, the moment that she got to here and she said, hey, I, let, me, let me go to another counter. I need to, I, I don't have the, uh, the, the communion with me. So I just got to go and I got to grab it and I'm going to come back. I said, okay, no problem. And so she, she went and she came back and she came back with empty handed and said, oh, and she said, oh, no, I didn't find it. Oh, Okay, and then right immediately I decided to give her my, to share my communion, the juice and the bread. So it was a like, tiny little bread and a very tiny little bread, you know, and, uh, and there was a cup of juice, just a little bit, and I had a bottle of uh, water, so I just opened that lid of the bottle and it was just a little bit and I opened the cup, juice, and I just poured it a little bit and I you know, handed over that cup to her, and I took myself that little, the lid, you know, like that was, the juice was in it, and I, and I just like broke the, the, the bread just a little bit, you know, I don't know, how, how did I manage to broke it, you know, like in two pieces, and I just, you know, broke it, and I gave one, you know, to her, and we took, we were about to take the communion, and, uh, but before that, she looked at me, now here's the interesting part, before that, she looked at me, and she said one thing. By the way, I didn't know her, and she didn't know me. Out of that thousands and thousands of you know, crap, we didn't have any connection. She's from uh, North Carolina, and then I'm from Texas. And she looked at me and, say, and she said, hey, brother, would you please forgive me? I said, really? Why? What did I do? And I was kind of like nervous because I, I thought like probably I had done something wrong, like, and she said, again, will you please forgive me? And she was crying. I could see tears rolling from her eyes. I said, why will I forgive you? I haven't done anything. And then she goes, let me tell you, I've been a Christian for a long time. I have, I've been serving God. But I all, let me tell you, let me confess that to you. I have always hated Indians. I did not like Indians. Every time that I, I would go to any store and I would, I would see an Indian on the pew, at the counter, I'm not even going to be going closure. That much hatredness I had against, against Indians. I said, whoa, I don't know that. And I was telling my mind, like, if I knew that, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even, like, save a chew. Like, I would have gone somewhere else. 
But at that very moment, it was the time of confessing something valuable to her and valuable to me as well. And, and above that, it was valuable to God. God. Because God wanted to see that. Out of no connection, out of no relationship, out of no crowd. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what, what in the world has just happened? And I looked at her and I say, Sister, I forgive you. And we hugged each other. And after that, we have taken that communion. Without even knowing that she hated Indian, I chose to share my bread and my juice with her. Why? Because I still believed that she is my sister in Christ. The value that I have taken play, I have, I have put and I have placed it. She is, whether I know her and I do not know her, whether no race and no ethnicity, we are one in Christ. We are the brother and sisters in Christ. That's where the reconciliation takes place when we confess our sins to each other, when we confess our, our sins to God, Abba Father. And that's where the reformation takes place. And after that, I could see we, we both had the great smile on our face, a joy and a happiness and a peace. And I believe that God was present there. It was, a, it was a pretty unique story. I mean, I, that never happened in my entire life. But that really changed my entire perspective of forgiveness being reconciled with God. Number three, reconcile, reconcile a broken relationship. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 says, So if you, were, if you are offering your gift at the altar, you are you there remember that your brother has any grievance against you. Verse 24, leave your gift at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother and then come back and present your gift. And today church I want to tell you that there's a lot of hurt is happening in the body of Christ. There's a lot of brokenness is happening in the body of Christ. And we need, to, we need to fix that. We cannot do that. We need the grace of God. We need God to, to reconcile that relationship. It may be a relationship, a marriage-based relationship. It may be a relationship of a friendship. It may be a relationship of any kind of a brother and sister. Any kind of any sort of relationship. It needs to be restored. And now who is going to gonna do that? It is you and me. We have to take that responsibility. And we need to be, we need to be into, into this 21st century. We need to be that reformer that gonna be, that's going to be bringing that reconciliation in the body of Christ. And not only in the body of Christ, but out of the body of Christ, in the community, in the nation. And eventually it's going to be all the nations. Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the word. Preach the word so that people can be reconciled with God. Disciples did that. Now today, it's our turn. You go preach the word and reconcile the people with God. God wants to raise up the next generation of reformers to recon reconcile people with him. Next generation of reformers. 
Why Reformation has needed in this place? In the church, today's generation? Because God wants to raise those reformers. Wherever we're going to go, we're going to bring reconciliation. We're going to bring people with people to God. And I know Pastor Randall is working so hard bringing people to Christ. And that's a reconciliation part that he is into. He's so focused on to that. And I'm pretty glad about it. Thank you very much, Pastor, doing that. I appreciate that. It's a hard job. It takes a lot. It's a sacrifice. It's time for church to move to bring reformation in the community to bring reconciliation. It's time for church, not only alone with Pastor Randall, but he, it's going to be everybody in the church to go out to bring reconciliation. Church needs to be that reformer today. Now, question is, will you be that reformer in this generation who will bring reconciliation with God and people on earth? 1 Corinthians, because reformers always talks about God. The reformers always talks about the Word of God. The reformers do not talk about how well you feel. The reformers do not talk about how can I make you more and more and more comfortable. The reformers talks about how can we do it together? The reformers talks about move like how can we bring God on earth? How can we bring the kingdom of God on earth? That's a task and a job of a reformer. First Corinthians says 15, verse 51 to 58, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkle, twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put in immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that it is written, Death is swallowed by up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your stings? A reformer talks like that. O death, where is where's your stings and where is your victory? And today, we need to be that reformer who's going to be talking about who's going to blow the trumpet for God. Who's going to blow the trumpet for God. And saying, my God, my God, my God. Let's church stand together right now. And today, at this point of time, it's a very crucial time for you. Because God is asking, are you going to be that reformer who's going to bring changes? Who's going to bring reconciliation? Who's going, to, who's going to put your foot into that line where 
you're going to take that initiative to bring people into reconciliation. Not only outside, but even in the body of Christ with, with each other and with God. I would like to ask uh, Pastor Randall to come up on the stage and uh, two different people uh, they were on the backstage. Uh, would you be able to come on um, in the front and uh, we're going to ask you guys if you feel that God is speaking to you if you feel that God is, if you know that God is speaking to you, that there's a need for me to be that reformer, not only has done in, in the time of Martin Luther, but today we need to bring that reformation. We, I'm going to be that, I'm going to be another Martin Luther to bring the reformation in the church, in the body of Christ, in, in whole earth, bring, bringing reconciliation with God. And if there is anything against each other let's come together understanding that God loves us and we need God and that's it and if you feel like that you're going to be that reformer for the body of Christ and for for the kingdom of God you guys can come forward and we're going to pray for you it's a time that we need to take this opportunity to pray over the people and to come together to building God's kingdom on earth by reconciling each other and with God as well I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this opportunity for you right now. If you feel like, just come forward. We're gonna pray for you. I, I, I definitely believe that the Holy Spirit is here, and He is gonna touch you, and He's gonna change you, and He's gonna, He's gonna renew your mind system. Let's take this opportunity. in front of God. It is God who's here. It's not people here. It's God presenting here. God wants to do something with you today. Please come forward. Do not be shy and don't think about anything. Let your focus be on God and He's going to do something today in your life. And eventually He's going to send you out for His kingdom.